So how you getting all this done if you and your wife both have full time jobs? Cause well, no people here listening and watching yeah, be I'll like, be honest with you, I don't like, have time. My wife, I salute like her. She's a throwback woman. I mean, <laughs> and I say that meaning like she gets her hands dirty. She, she really helps done. me. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of this lately about the soft life and yeah. all this. And I'm like, you know, a lot of people, I look in the camera and say this, you know, that's that's for TV, that's for entertainment. Most most that's of my bullshit. dudes, most of my homeboys is married and doing good. Most of our wives, they get busy. They, they work get busy. With, they get grind with us, they help us, they support us, they, you know, they do a lot with the kids. So, you know, salute to whoever's enjoying soft life, but that's not the reality for most people. It's just not. So soft life's not it if you're really trying to build something nah, big. No, nah, that's that's not a reality. I mean, I think teamwork makes a dream work. Yeah, and my wife is, uh, you know, salute to her. She really goes the extra step. I mean, I mean, like literally, I talk to a lot of the younger guys and they say, man, that's not what's happening for us right now. And I'm like, well, you know, you got to pause. If you yeah. need to pause, pause, yeah. pause. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go grab your country, yeah. girl. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You choose the girl. Yeah, At the end of the day, the girl don't choose you. Welcome to the No Stingy Energy Podcast, where we talk business, entrepreneurship, relationships. A little soon, bit of health. Soon we're going to talk about health. We're going to talk about health. <laughs> <laughs> you little know bit. what I mean? Yes, indeed. Listen, if you haven't already, make sure you rate, comment, subscribe. As you hear different things that relate to you, you know what I mean? But uh, listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space. Also do a little bit of creative finance, new construction, new to the build to rent space. Definitely excited about and, that. And here, here to stay. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yep. And uh, I got my co-host, O, in the building. What's going what's on? Going, what's going on? What's going on? Neil Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Been in real estate 2016, full-time 2020. Uh, do all things real estate too. I'm about to start the build a rent as well. So I'm definitely excited salute, about today's salute. episode. Okay. Yes. About to give us some game that we need. Yeah, man. We <laughs> got my guy Gilbert in the building. Let's What's get going to on, it. man? What's up, Byron? What's going on? Oh, What's man. Going on? Thank oh. you for pulling What's up? up. What's up, man? Man, ain't nothing. Ain't nothing, man. Thank y'all for having me, number one. I oh, know. Thank uh, you for showing up, you man. Know, no stingy energy is a culture now. You yes, know, it's yeah. not just a saying. I mean, it's really what we're about. So I appreciate you guys sharing your platform. For sure, no for sure. No doubt. Appreciate you coming on, for so, sure. So, Gilbert, if you if you don't mind, give the people an introduction to who you are for the people who may not know. Okay. They definitely need to know. Yeah, know? absolutely. So, my name is Gilbert Okoronkwo. I've been here in Houston since 1998 by way of New Orleans. I grew up in New Orleans, went to high school, elementary yeah. school, all that out there. Uh, and so, came to Houston, went to undergrad here, uh, Rice University, finished up Rice and uh, it was crazy because I wasn't the greatest student. Uh, but you you know. went to Rice? Yeah, I went to Rice. I played football. <laughs> I wasn't the greatest student, so <laughs> that was my end. Yeah, 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 that yeah. was my end. I'll admit full yeah. transparency. That was my end to the school. But, uh, you know, I got to a great city. I mean, Houston was a great city. It was a place where I met my wife. Uh, you know, my wife is a great woman. Uh, her family was from Sunnyside, so... You know, we would run into each other occasionally, and then it took us a little while, but then we started dating, and, uh, you know, we ended up getting married. But uh, the name of our company is Grace Building Company. Nice. So, uh, you know, it's named after our daughter. We got a daughter. Her name is Grace. And so we're a development company that we specialize, uh, you know, in income property, uh, specifically like duplexes, ADUs, 
and we're looking at doing three, four, and five plus. Uh, you know, things are changing with the city. Um, I think the future for Houston is bright when it comes wow. to, uh, you know, being able to build doors that are not quite like 30, 40 door properties. But if you're on that Small 20, yeah. exactly, 20 and under. It's a blue ocean. Yeah, there's opportunity there. There's a lot of opportunity in front of us. So we're looking forward to it. Wow. Yeah, because I actually met you through your wife, right? Uh, I think so. I think so. I can't remember. It's been a while. I think she the one connected us because uh, somebody connected me to her which they mm-hmm. were trying to connect me to you. Mm-hmm. And I think... It was too hard to get in contact with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 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 So, but, what, what makes y'all um, build to keep, I'm guessing, instead of build to sell? Because most people just build houses for that quick profit and they go on to the next. Yeah, and I'll admit, I'll admit, like, I, I did some build to sell, too. I think uh, the very first duplex we ever built in Sunnyside was back in, we started it in 2016. We didn't get started until 2017. And uh, back then, um, you know, duplexes aren't new to Sunnyside. Sunnyside had duplexes built in the 50s, 60s, even up to 2005 through 2007, right before the Great Recession. But uh, the first duplex we built was built to rent. And obviously, we made some mistakes there. Uh, we learned a little bit. We ended up selling it about probably two years after holding it. Uh, and then I went on the run of selling a bunch of duplexes, new construction. Mm. But then, you know, we owned some single family houses uh, prior to that. But, you know, the light kind of went off that, you know, I'm seeing the appreciation happen. I'm seeing the changes happen. And I realized, man, I got to start keeping some of this because yeah. I don't want to be that dude to live with regret. Mm, <laughs> so exactly. that's what it was. Yeah. So real, real quick, you mentioned a couple problems you ran into on that duplex. Yeah, what I was those problems? So, I mean, that was, that was like our first construction project. So when it comes to new development, especially for the first timer, I mean, we had to you know, basically get a contractor on board with the bank for them to be able to give us a loan. And so you don't really know how to navigate, you know, picking the right people. And so Mm. that's something that came up. So the mistake I made, there was a new development project going on across the street. And I was like, I saw their billboard. So I said, man, I'm going to just call them. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. it the wrong way, though. I should have called that owner of the house and asked them what their experience Uh. was. Because had I talked to her, she would have nah. put me down on Yeah, she would have told me, hell no. Nah. To this day, she's still a big-time uh, investor in Sunnyside. Shout-out to Miss Driver. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So, so, wait a minute. So, you had a couple problems with the money side of things, not necessarily, well, the money and the contractor. The contractor. Yes, the money and the contractors. Uh, so, you know, typically in construction lending, they give you the money over what they call draws. Mm-hmm. Same as at rehab or bird, but... Uh, you know, these particular guys, you know, they were older. They were about like 50, 60. So I figured, you know, I can trust these cats. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, gray hair. I can trust them. And that was a mistake. Wow. So so, so, what, so what break it down? What happened? Yeah. So <laughs> well, let's get transparent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what happened. So first draw came and I paid them the first draw. Ooh, right. Before and, the work. Uh, before the work. Uh, I paid them the first draw before the work. And, uh, one of the cast ended up taking a trip to the Dominican Republic on, on your behalf dime. of the draw. Yes. And he had a ball out there. So I'm wow. sure he did with uh-huh. your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what happened. And that's facts. And so <laughs> when the project was ready to move forward, they were asking me for more money. I'm like, but wait a minute, the bank isn't going to give me more money because yeah, none of this completion. work has been drunk, done. Wow. So that's what happened. 
So how much? How, but how much you think it was? If you remember, I'm sure you. Uh, that first draw was a little over twenty thousand dollars back then. So he got his hands on the twenty and took off to the Dominican Republic. Had him a great time. You so know, how much work you think he completed out of that twenty? Oh man, out of that twenty, maybe five, maybe five. So we so you started was out behind. 15. Yeah. So 15. after that, I'm guessing you fired him or y'all kept him or what happened? Well, we kept going along, you know. Mm. Uh, and keep in mind, this is right before uh, Hurricane Harvey had happened. Oh. So that was an extra, like, damn. Like, you <laughs> it's know, hard to find contractors. It was hard to find contractors because everybody left. They were looking for more money, and better the prices opportunities. Go up. And the price, exactly, for the material had gone up. So <sighs> that was a great learning lesson. And yeah. else, it's a lesson because I learned, you know, Gulf Coast, Houston, all the way mm-hmm. down to Florida, hurricane come in and cause any devastation, you might be in some trouble if you're on the construction project. Yeah, them prices up there. Mm-hmm. Prices gonna jump. Everything yeah. gonna jump. Yeah, the prices and the people, the good people, they they go they go to you know they go to the bag, and yeah. you know we don't necessarily want to give them the bag. Yeah, you know, at the yeah. Time. So, yeah. so with all the mistakes, how long did that project take to complete? That project took us about. 16, 17 months to complete. One duplex took about a year and a half to get done. Wow. So, exactly. And it was a lot so of So you lessons. ended up having a cash flow that then eventually. Yeah, absolutely. We ended up having to cash flow it, put some of our money into it. Uh, we ended up having to fire them and get a, an Man. attorney to just make things right. And so, wow. you know, on top of that, you know, we had the attorney expense. And then now I have no experience and now I got to finish to get my certificate of compliance. Right. and. I learned a lot of lessons in that. So this whole project seemed like it was a disaster. Uh, I would say it was a hell. <laughs> it was a disaster, but, uh, you know, the silver lining and it was a learning, you know. But my question in that is, why keep going? Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> like, reason, the reason we keep going is because of just being resilient. You know, my life and things I've gone through, I know, know that, like, when you quit, because something goes wrong, even if it's the first time, I mean, that's a mistake. You know, mm. you have to just take the lessons and then just get better the next time. Did you feel that way currently in going through all that or you felt that way now? Uh, you know, I felt that way back then, too, because this, as I saw the building kind of going up and things happening, excited. I was getting excited. Got I was it. proud. You know, you yeah. proud. Yeah. I, I did yeah. something. And Gosh. so, you know. The proud uh, of ownership. Yeah, proud of ownership. And then, you know, I had to get tenants in there. That was the next thing. I was like, man, how do I do that? <laughs> so it was a it was a lesson for us. It was a big lesson. So t- so tell me this. So in that moment, right, you're looking at all of these disasters take place, right? Mm-hmm. Did you at any time, or matter of fact, let me go with the wife, because usually women gonna go. Oh man. <laughs> Did the wife say, look, absolutely. man, you hang this. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There was a period where my wife was like, you know, stressing on this, like, you know, we aren't rich people. So yeah, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. hitting us. You know, we were dipping in credit cards. We were trying to make things happen. And uh, you know, even even more recent cases, stuff like that has happened. Mm, that just happened in business, though. Yeah, that happens in business. You know, that's part of it. Uh, anybody that tells you they win every time, come on, man. Yeah. You ain't doing enough. You ain't growing. doing no real business. Yeah, yeah. You ain't growing if <laughs> yeah. you, you know, don't take hiccups there, yeah. here and there. So during that time, you was full-time real estate or you had a full-time job? Oh, no, job? no. See, this what is the thing, like? a misconception. To this day, I'm a W-2 employee. Okay, so okay. I've always had my W-2. My wife has always had her W-2. But what kind of kicked us into the real estate was before my son was born, 2012, I got laid off. Mm. My wife was pregnant 
And that's a tough feeling as a man when you, uh, you know, you're laid off from your job, your yeah. wife is pregnant, and you feel like, man, I'm not being the provider right. and protector that I need to be. So in that moment, uh, you know, there were some lows for me, but it pushed me into this entrepreneurship too. Because I promised I would never leave myself that vulnerable again. So how long did it last, you like, without a job? Uh, me without a job lasted about eight, nine months. Ooh, something God. like that. So that's it was a, bad. Hold yeah, on. It was, a, it was a little bit. It was so, a while. So, so how was the mental, man? How was like... Oh, I mean, it was tough because it, it really, you know, from a pride and ego perspective, it really puts things in check. Yeah. I'm like, man, you prideful and egotistical. And then it's like, okay, now I got to dial some of that down and humble myself and you know, do some things I may not have thought I would have never necessarily done just yeah. to help, you know, make us, help us sustain and get through. Did you have any mentorship at this time or you just cold um, turkey? Uh, it was kind of cold turkey, but I did have some guys, older cats I was talking to that were telling me that, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you go through different things. And I was reading books, a lot, a lot more books back then, uh, you know, and sometimes when you see something or hear something and resonate with people, it, it helps because you figure out, man, you ain't alone when you go through different ups and downs. So mm. mm -hmm. you feel alone, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, at the time it's a lonely feeling and it's a it's a tough spot, but uh, you know, you'd be like, man, I, I'm the only one going through this for real. Yeah. So, so real, real quick, the the new construction path. What made you say you just gonna do it? You you so you didn't have nobody to train you how? No, I didn't have anybody to train me, but. Going through that process of was all uh, you the training know, you need? it was training. <laughs> it was on the spot training, yeah. and uh, you know there was some great people along the way that I met in Houston. Uh, that you know, once I got through with building that duplex, I mean, I still wanted to you know move forward and go on, and so I met some great guys and along the way that uh, you know really helped me or showed me some things, and uh, you know to this day I have a lot of respect for them for you know how they helped contribute. Nice. What was the final numbers on that that, that duplex? The first, uh, the first duplex. So it the land wasn't very expensive. The land was about thirteen thousand oh, dollars. Wow, that was for and this uh, is a sunny side. Yeah, sunny side. It was, oh, that was sixty. That was a while ago. Though. It was a sixty by two hundred foot. It was a big Whoa. one. And one of the mistakes so we you could have put two exactly, duplexes on. I could have put two on it, but I only did one, oh. and that was kind of what set me. Damn. All right, that's another. I L. learned it was another L. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Land use wasn't good, yeah. so uh, I didn't do the highest and best use. I didn't know about replatting right. yeah. possibilities back then, so you know I quickly learned that. That's going in with no knowledge, mm -hmm. no knowledge, no background. But the very next one, we did it right. Mm -hmm. So. Damn. So how much total did you spend on that duplex? Uh, I probably spent between land acquisition, everything else, we probably spent like a good 200, I'd say $205,000, 205 about to build what that land. For? land. Uh, well, we remember we held it for like a year, yeah, about a year, year and a half. And so by so the, the time we sold out. it, it sold for about 245 dollars Oh, okay. There. It's not, you that's, know, that's a uh, no. You count realtor fees. Yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and I paid, yeah. and I paid the full, that was another learning lesson. I paid the full realtor. Six percent. Full realtor. It's, it obviously. So you broke even or lost a little bit? I probably, if you made look at thousand. everything, I may have made a little bit or like, it's like basically just broke even. It wasn't, That's not bad it wasn't though. A, you know, not bad for, for a first deal. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. For a first deal. And, and no, no you, mentorship. But no you training. learned a lot, though. Oh, yeah. I learned a lot in that no, process. You, have to, you know, I learned about people. You know, I had to you know, kind of take a step back and evaluate myself and what my weaknesses were. 
And yeah. so when you do that, you know how to, you know, step to people better and approach future situations. So, mm. Because we all have our weaknesses. Even in sure. development, I had my weaknesses. I'm not a, you know, full transparency. I'm not a do-it-all guy. I'm not a nail and hammer guy. So I needed people with that type of background around me. And mm. so that's what I, you know, started doing after that first lesson. I love it. Love it. Damn. So you transitioned. You did this first deal. It was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But you still won on it. I wonder what that duplex is worth today. Probably uh, worth. Oh, yeah. That same duplex today is probably worth about four hundred twenty to 430000 wow. And the same lady that we sold it to is crazy because she was moving from, I think, Oregon or California. Yeah. And she moved to Texas. I think she's a nurse. Wow. She's a nurse. So she house hacked. With her brother, oh, I think they still own it to this day. Oh yeah, she won big. She won big. So, wow. so you would have held on to You'd it alone. Right you would have yeah, still been. Good. I would have been up, up. And then the other part about it, she still has all that in the backyard. If she wants to build like an ADU or something to add value, she has a ton to do she that. She got opportunity. She absolutely does. Yep. She hit a lick. She did. She absolutely did. So how much equity do you think you left on the table by selling them, them duplexes that you built? Oh, man. Because <laughs> we had a lot of appreciation. I sold, I would say right now, all those owners have at least $2 million plus in equity to this day. Just And this just happened between 2017 and now. So just imagine over time how that yeah. adds. So it's crazy. That's a lot of bread on the table, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I hear your last name. Can you pronounce that one more time? Yeah, my last name, Okoronkwo. <laughs> Where is that from? <laughs> so it's a Nigerian last name. I'm Ebo. Uh, where actually oh, so you from. are Nigerian? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not half? No, not half. <laughs> no, my, my mom and dad, they're both <laughs> they're Nigerian. They're both Nigerian. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yep. From Ebo. Yep. Wow, you know, it's funny. when uh, I Brian Ebo too? Yeah, Brian. Yeah, I think he, no, I don't know. Oh, TJ he, is Ebo. TJ is Ebo. What's TJ's know. last name? Tajani. Tajani. Is TJ? I don't know. He might yeah, be. I don't know. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. you were born in Nigeria? Yeah, I was born in Nigeria in 1980. My family, we immigrated here in 1981. Mm. So, uh, you know, basically 99% of my life I've been here. God, you know, we still have the roots. We still have the roots. Uh, still have, you know, a lot of the culture and a lot of the family ties. My uncles, you know, they were raised back home but gotcha. you know a lot of them are here now so still have that tie my dad unfortunately he was a great man he died when I, we were very young mm. and so that kind of set us up for a lot of different life lessons we would learn to by not having uh you know my father around mm. you know a, a lot of critical moments in life you know as a young man as a young boy trying to figure it out yeah trying to figure it out trying to you know make it mm. wow how was it growing up without a dad uh, you know, when I look back, man, it really lets me know how important fatherhood is now today. Because I think the thing that fathers do for their children, and no knocks on moms, I'm sure they do it too. But fathers give their kids confidence. Mm. You know, dads that are around, they help build confidence. And when I was younger, I was I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't the most confident. I was, uh, you know, I went through a lot growing up in New Orleans. Yeah, you know, I got in some trouble uh, that I shouldn't have got into. Mm. And so that set me back, yeah. so to say, in different ways. So, uh, What kind of trouble? So uh, make a long story short, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so when I was younger, I was fingered as being somebody who committed a crime where a guy ended up getting shot. Mm. Uh, you know, I wasn't there. 
I wasn't a part of it, mm-hmm. but it also introduced me to how the criminal justice system worked. As a young man, it was very brutal. I'm thinking, you know, the whole time, this is a mistake. I'm going to get out of this. And it just went from, you know, people pointing and IDing me to being arraigned, you know, and, you know, we think we're going to get out of it. No, it goes to trial. And, you know, they laid a, you know, they laid a law down. You know, I was fortunate. Uh, I was only a juvenile. But what it did do for me, um, it just showed me how how uh, bad that railroad. You can get railroaded. And it's easy. You know, this is like some old school well, stuff. Crazy, this basically, bro. they rolled up to us. We were at some at a basketball park at Kenilworth Park in New Orleans East. Me and my friends we were playing basketball. And all these police just showed up. And they had a guy with them. And he they just walked out. up to yeah, It was him, him, and him. And so the Whoa. police just arrested us. And with no us proof. Nothing. No proof. No conversation, no nothing. How long you was in jail? Uh, I was in jail for about three days. Uh, That's three you know, days too long. It was tough, too, because I was only, I think I was 13 or 14. Whoa. Yeah, I was 13 or 14. So I was like, you know. Yo. It was uh, and it's it was random. crazy. Yeah, it was random. Very tough. Random. I remember the exact date because it was back when the Bulls was big. It was like Jordan versus uh, the Knicks in like the Eastern Conference Finals. It was uh, like May 30th. 1993 or 94. And the crazy part about it, we got arrested at the end of May, but the crime actually happened that previous December. Mm. So he was IDing us from something that just happened six months ago, but we weren't there. Wow. It wasn't us. But and so how did you beat that case? We didn't beat it. <laughs> we took the L. I was found guilty. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, I was found guilty. Um you know, it was tough for me and my family, too. My mom, uh, my siblings, we really are a prayerful family. So, uh, you know, it was tough for us because the judge originally sentenced me to seven years but suspended the sentence. And so I was put on probation. It's crazy. A lot of people don't know this. All of high school, I was on probation to the day I left New Orleans. I was on probation and house arrest. I had to what? check in. Oh, yeah. That, to the day I left for college. And so it was crazy. It was a crazy, I mean, it so was So that messed crazy. up your, your, your childhood, basically. Uh, yeah, it did a lot. In a lot of senses, it did because, uh, you know, I had a great family support system. So, you know, without that, you know, I would have been, you know, no, I don't know where I would have been mentally, but uh, it really did change a lot for me because part of that sentence, I couldn't go out. I couldn't, couldn't enjoy places homecoming proms. Yeah, I probably went to like maybe two dances all of high school. Wow. I wasn't getting to get out a lot because the court wouldn't give me permission to. Damn. That is crazy. That messed up your social life for oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It messed up social life. Uh, but, you know, when I look back and reflect on it, there's still silver lining in it because it helped build resilience, you know, in business, personal relationships, all type of different areas. So, uh, it's unfortunate, but it was a learning lesson too. How wicked the criminal justice system can be. So, the guys that were involved in this—did any of them have anything to do with it? Or it was just... Well, you know, I don't think so. But you know, it happened. You know, it, it's almost like a blur. And so, uh, you know, some of the some of the guys we we grew up together yeah, you know yeah, we yeah, went to yeah, school yeah. together we knew yeah, each other we yeah. were in each other's houses but you know it was just a situation where that was the last time i, I kind of saw them or yeah. heard from them 
And because uh, the, the 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 trauma of it all kind of drove a wedge yeah, between the, the friendship, I'm the sure. Drama, yeah. The trauma and everything kind of drove a wedge. And then you know, I went to elementary school with them, and now I was going to a new middle and high school. So that kind of you know, mm, you, and you haven't seen them guys since. I haven't seen them since. Damn. You know what's crazy though, and this is yeah. real talk. You took that same situation, got playing sports. And went to Rice University, bro. Absolutely. You know, Rice University is like the Harvard of, yeah. of Texas. Shout out Rice. Yeah. You know, my buddy, he went to Rice. Vaughn. Vaughn is oh, Vaughn, okay. Vaughn. That's my you know Vaughn? I know Vaughn. Vaughn, you know, Vaughn is a man. I always mess with Vaughn and told Vaughn, man, Vaughn should have played football. Vaughn was one of the most explosive athletes we had yeah. at Rice. Yeah. You know, Vaughn is a good dude. I still, you know, talk to him every now and then and do business with him too. So, wow, you know, that man. is crazy small word. You know, yep. Vaughn is like, bro, that's like, one of my homies, homies. Yeah, like we grew up absolutely. together. Yeah, he told me. He told me. Y'all grew up together. Uh, you know, Vaughn don't even notice, but I always buy his music on Apple Music wow. and support him. So, you know, Vaughn is a good dude, uh, solid, great athlete, you know. And uh, we just, you know, kind of remember back in the day, right? So it was a good time. That is crazy, yeah. bro. Yeah. Small world, man. So how was college since you couldn't really do stuff socially? Well, that's the crazy part. So you part. wild out or what? Oh, yeah. College <laughs> is a wild out session. Man, you already know. As soon as I got to Houston, as soon as I yeah. put off that Greyhound bus, I went crazy. I'll admit it. I went crazy. My first semester, I'll never forget my first semester at Rice, my very first class at Rice University. I felt like I did not belong here. Yeah, it was yeah. uh the class was math 103 or something on 102 yeah. calculus with multiple variables and Man. it was my head was spinning in there and it's crazy cuz my dad was a math professor when he was living but I didn't get any of them genes you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so but uh you know when I got to Houston, I was a little undisciplined as far as like staying on top of school work right. and being You're uh, social. Yeah, freshman year, you know, freshman year yes, for a lot indeed. of people sometimes that's the last year in school. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, you was getting, you know, probably a few pregnancy scares, you know, uh, <laughs> that, that type of vibe. No comment. No <laughs> comment. <laughs> no yeah, comment he was catching up that. with time. Yeah. Up with time. Yep. Yep. Man, look, catch up. So, yep. w w how did that, how was the relationship with you and your mom when he was going through all that? Did she believe you? Or? Oh, yeah, my mom absolutely believed me. She knew what it was. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, it's so crazy because... The attorney that represented me, I had a chance to talk to her like maybe about four years ago. And the stuff she told me. Like four years from this day? No, four like, years from now. So okay, like, yeah. So I talked to her like, what was it, 2018 or 19? And the stuff she told me blew me away about how like when they went back in the chambers with the district attorney and the judge, she was like, you know, this lady raises her kids good. They all have great grades. Y'all know he wasn't there. And the irony of it all, I don't mean to shame or anything but the 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 dude the victim that was you know shot at the time he was like a neighborhood junkie wow so that was at the time before uh at the end of kind of white flight so yeah. we were all kind of still in the same neighborhoods and you know that well you know they said that man about um new orleans you know what i mean i know that's your state you know what <laughs> I mean? But I, I've really heard that it was like a lot of, like the court system was kind that's of Louisiana just Louisiana in general. And I heard also, you know, crazy as it sound, but I heard that just as corrupt people get, you know, 
sham kind of how you got sham. Mm -hmm. But it's also like if you got money, you can also get out. Yeah, you can get out yeah, of shit too. Yeah, you can get out of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, New Orleans is the police department. They've done a much better job than yeah. back then. You know, the FBI had to intervene and actually come to New Orleans and clean the police department up back then. So what? it's a thing back home in New Orleans, like in the 90s, it was crazy with yeah. people getting railroaded, people getting uh, charges put on them by police. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Knowing that they didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, knowing they didn't do it. You tried to pay to get out of it, yeah. and it was just a, yeah. a, it was, it was it was a... It was a buddy of mine, um, and he was actually, you know, he was actually, he really was a D-boy. <laughs> okay. He really was. He really did do he it. Really, <laughs> but, the, but here's the thing, though. He, when he pay, got caught when he got caught. He target didn't somebody caught. else. He didn't get caught doing it, but they shammed him because they knew that he they did knew, it. Yeah, you understand yeah, what so I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so never it, got caught in that. He never got caught in that, but they shammed him, and uh, and he ended up going down, right? And then he ended up having to pay the he paid the judge, and the judge let him go. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> that's you it's know crazy. what I'm saying? It's like, crazy what happens in that's the crazy. justice system. You know, I ain't saying no names, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's how it was. And it was like a crazy bad thing. How long ago that was? Now, this was like... 20 years ago? Yeah, about 20 years ago. Oh, 20, 20, 30 years ago. 20, yeah, yeah, 90s. Yeah. This was like, nah, this was like in yeah. the 90s. Okay. You know so what I mean? back high school. Okay. Yeah, he was yeah, like yeah. OG. When I was growing up, you know, we I used mm -hmm. to cut his hair. Okay. And he okay. told me. So, tell me this, though. You went from... You went from... The first duplex, how did you, now you got six projects going right yeah, now. Right Currently. Now we have six projects going on. Are you planning on keeping all of them or are you going to sell off So the plan is to, we're going to keep at least four of them. And uh, there are two that we may sell. And the decision on whether or not we sell them has to just do with, uh, you know, just capital raising, you know, right. basically just Get some getting liquid. capital to Get push. capital. Yeah, just to push uh, uh, other projects ahead. We're trying to submit a five-plus deal, an eight-unit deal to the city to see, you know, what they what their thoughts on it are. Uh, you know, on a 12,000-square-foot lot, we're going to propose an eight-unit. Uh, oh. We're going to see how that goes. You never know. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, So yeah. out of the six projects you have going on, how many total units is it? Uh, the six projects they're all duplexes. So oh, see, so they all duplexes. Yeah, got you, got you. Okay. Now, what parts of the city do you like to primary focus on? Well, I'll be honest with you. I primarily like Sunnyside and South Park. My wife, uh, her family is like three, four generations deep in Sunnyside. Like, wow. uh, you know, all the way back to pre-Houston annexation of uh, Sunnyside. Uh, you know, her great great grandmother grew up in Sunnyside. Her dad did. Her parents are from Beaumont. Uh, so. The one time I left Sunnyside South Park, I learned a valuable lesson. I uh, I was helping this guy try to build a duplex in Acres Home. Okay. And there's Acres Home, one difference in Houston, Acres Home has some very strong homeowners associations when you compare them to a lot of the different areas that are going through revitalization. And so this one specific uh, HOA, they had a deed restriction against, uh, they only wanted single family homes, mm. right? And so what's crazy, Chapter 42 of Houston's ordinances, the way it's written, a single-family home is a duplex. Mm. A duplex can be considered that. But Absolutely. They right. went back to the interpretation at the time when it was written, you know, back in, uh, I think, the 60s or 70s. So it just ended up a big mess. We got about 75% done building a duplex, and we got sued. We, by the city? Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't get sued by the city. We got sued HOA. by the HOA. Um, and so 
instead of going through court because that became expensive, like attorney right. fees. I mean, that was like, you know, you yeah, it's yeah, lessons. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's lessons in L. So, uh, you know, we ended up getting 75% done with the duplex and part of the settlement was that it had to be torn down to the ground and remove the foundation basically like it never existed. So start all over if you want to build. No, nah, it was like if you build again, part Single of it family. too, my company can no longer ever go to that specific subdivision. So what? that was part so of it. That was part of the settlement. So this happened? Yeah, this actually <laughs> happened. This happened. So you so built chapter the forty two. Um, Wait a minute. So you got building permits. No, he built 75%. We got the permit. He built See, that's the catch in Houston. A lot of people need to understand. So you got to follow HOA rules and the city well, rules. Well, no. The city will give you a permit to build, but there's this one piece of paper that y'all we all sign that basically absolves the city of any liability if there is a deed restriction violation. So you can get a permit to build whatever that's you want to. Right here. And they'll let, let you build it. The HOA, you know, the city will let you build it, but you know, the HOA, uh, you know, they had a lot of strength behind them, though. So, you know, that ended up in us, uh, you know, personally, like over a hundred thousand dollars in the loss. So that was your biggest L. I'm hoping that, that, that you was t- my biggest L, and you know, it took. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a lot of game right here, though, especially yeah, this for any builder. Like, yeah. if you building definitely. something. You got to get a lot of confirmations before you even yeah. put the you gotta go put the, to, the foundation down. I say you got to go to the title company. That's the first step. Go to wow. the title company. Give them the legal description and ask them for the deed restrictions. Read through those deed restrictions. If there's any misinterpretation or anything, I would definitely take it to that HOA before you even, you know, even start, start spending money. See, that was an expensive lesson. If Very. you're 75% so you done. tore the whole thing down. It was torn down to the ground, and they made us remove the foundation. So hold on, hold on. You foundation had to be removed. Seventy-five percent ah. done. You got the roof. Oh yeah, the roof was on. Framing. Framing was done. Sheetrock. Oh, you sheet about rock, to Sheetrock was done. <laughs> Everything was done. We had uh, somebody ACs, there that could live in there. What? I would have wanted to fight. Water you water me? Yeah, it was tough. It was a tough business lesson, and you know, I stayed up a lot of nights, and uh, you know, Honey my great. wife she reminds me about it to this day. So we don't <laughs> we don't take those chances anymore. How long ago was that? That was recent. That was like two, three years ago. That was very recent. As you said, it's one hundred and sixty thousand, one hundred thirty thousand. What on the L? The total, yeah. No, it was about a hundred thousand on the L. Yeah, it was about a hundred thousand so, on the L. How did you recover from that? Because I'm guessing you did it. You had a loan and everything. Uh, yeah. So are you, uh, you so still paying on the loan? Or? No, no, no. I'm not paying on the loan. So what happened? The guy that owned the lot, I was helping him build it, but you know that was his first time building. So I gave, you know, I basically gave him a cosign to this lender. Not an actual cosign, right. but I was like, hey, take it. He good on. for it, yeah. He good. And so, uh, you know, the lender was obviously fronting some of the money. And so we were just spending it, building it. And then, you know, the catch in this too, the city red tagged our project one time. The city attorney reviewed it and was like, you're, you're fine. Keep building it. We kept building. So we kept spending more. About a month, I'd say about three weeks passed. We got another red tag. This time the energy was way different. Yeah, city attorney wouldn't talk to me. Like he, get on he the knew phone. what was going on. Yeah, it was it was different. This this time that's I was like okay something is different now. And so they were like nah this ain't gonna move on. We hired attorneys. We probably spent about twenty k uh, in attorneys fees. That's part of that hundred. Uh, you know I spent probably spent at least twenty thousand in attorneys fees. And you know it was just going back and forth. And the best thing was just to 
take that loss at that moment to stop it right there before the bleeding possibly continues. Shit. So, so tell me this: you couldn't have repurposed it and turned it into a single family. It would have. It would have just been not feasible because gotcha. of what we've done, uh, you know, with the foundation and with the water lines and everything. We ran the numbers and it just wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have yeah. yeah, it worked. It would have been an overly expensive single family. Yeah, exactly. And it wouldn't have comped with the neighborhood. So that was one thing. So, uh, but it was a lesson, you know, we we learned Man, that. Wow. So if you're a new builder in Houston, <laughs> just because you have a permit in your hand, yeah. that don't mean nothing. You, gotta mean, actually, you just getting started. Yeah, you got to take the steps and get with the title company. Make sure that there are no deed restrictions, uh, you know, that your project can move forward uh, how you think it's going to come to life. So, you really want to do that due diligence because, uh, you know, nobody's going to come save you at the end of the so day. So what you learn from that? Cause you bro, got, you, that, just, that just made me, <laughs> bro, I'm finna be you got more deep restrictions, <laughs> boy. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Yo. Crazy. Yeah, so, crazy. So tell me this. So you said that's happening in Acres Home primarily. Uh, Acres Home has some of the strongest HOAs in Houston as far as like the and areas that are they, revitalizing. The thing, though, what, how does that benefit the city? Or even the HOA to have a property not there. Well, uh, you know, they're arguing the that, yeah, they wanted to control the area. I respect mm -hmm. that. It's all single family homes. They're traditional single family homes, one door, one house, one family. And they just talked about how they didn't want it to become a rental neighborhood. And in this specific case, the dude I was helping, he was from the neighborhood and he was going to own or occupy it. And, you know, in house hack outside, they still didn't show him no love. So it was like, you know. So what y'all do with the light? Y'all so little, y'all still got No, uh, it's so crazy because I just checked on that lot the other day and it ended up being a single family home, traditional built on that lot. And it just sold June, just last month. It sold. Wow. So, yeah. So it took about. So they got that money back out of it. I, I, I'm pretty sure he did. He was a good dude too. I mean, he was always so he on built the house. I was helping him build it. You know, he needed. So you partner a, with him. Yeah. So you know, when you oh, go, you need like somebody yeah, to be like, exactly. hey, he ready to Your go. Your first time. Yeah. You needed somebody to for the yeah. lender to kick to in, be on like, like the paper. Yeah. You know. So we were just gonna fee build it for him, basically yeah. fee build it, and he was gonna turn around and sell it. Damn. I think he was going to sell it anyway. He was going to sell it or live in the house. Yeah, it, yeah, house whatever his play was. Yeah. That's a major L, bro. Yeah, it was a major L, absolutely. Sheesh. But it's lessons, you know, it's lessons and L's, you know. So how did you recover from this? Yeah. I know you got the deals going on now, but you sold a lot of duplexes since then. Yeah, I've sold a lot of duplexes since then. Uh, and then also, you know, our company, we fee build for other investors too. Uh, we've helped other people build duplexes and sell them profitably. That's one thing I hang my hat on with the exception of that one case in Acres Home, anyone that's ever done anything with our company, they've all made money. It's all been mm, profitable. Nice. Uh, you know, that's part of what we want to help people do because when everyone makes money, I mean, then business yeah. keeps going. Right. So let's talk about that. So you do fee bills. So what is typically your numbers look like? like? Yeah. yeah. So it just depends on uh, it just depends on exactly what you're building. If you're building like a one story duplex, it can be as cheap as like ninety some dollars a square foot. But uh, you know, the highest cost that we've given anyone right now and executed on has been about one hundred thirty dollars a square foot. Not so bad. Not yeah, bad at all. That's real good. And, you know, we do turnkey projects, so we will you know will be with you the whole step of the way. Get hand you the keys at the end, and then we take it a step further because we have relationships with an appraiser who, uh, my good friend, Anthony Griffin, shout out to him. Um, you know, 
we also attack your project from that angle too. So that's what kind of makes us different, especially if you're doing duplexes or income yeah. property. We know how to speak that appraisal language and how to, mm, you know, we gotta run do it to make the numbers high. Bingo. Because number higher, lending based off of that number, if you're going to keep it, or your sales price, you know, obviously, uh, it's going to also be impacted. So how are you getting all this done if you and your wife both have full-time jobs? Because well, no people here listening and watching yeah, be I'll like, I'll be honest with you. I don't like, have time. My wife, I salute like her. She's a throwback woman. I mean, <laughs> and I say that meaning like she gets her hands dirty. She, she really helps done. me. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of this lately about the soft life and yeah. all this. And I'm like, you know, a lot of people, I look in the camera and say this, you know, that's that's for that's TV. Bull- that's for entertainment. Most most that's of my bullshit. dudes, most of my homeboys is married and doing good. Most of my wives, they get busy. They, they work get busy. With us. They get grind with us. They help us. They support us. They, you know, they do a lot with the kids. So, you know, salute to whoever's enjoying the soft life. But that's not the reality for most people. It's just not. So soft life's not it if you're really trying to build something nah, big. No, nah, that's that's not a reality. I mean, I think teamwork makes a dream work. And my wife is, uh, you know, salute to her. She really goes Gets the extra it. step. I mean, I mean, like literally, I talk to a lot of the younger guys and they say, man, that's not what's happening for us right now. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, you got to pause. If you yeah, need yeah, to pause, pause, yeah, pause. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go grab your country yeah. girl. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You choose the girl. Yeah, At the end of the day, the girl don't choose you. So, um, how's that set up? Like, what's your role, your wife role, and so how you actually getting it done? She's a finance and accounting background. She's she's super a numbers. smart MBA. Uh, she's crazy, you know, with the numbers. So, uh, um, so she really helps a lot on the numbers side, and then she's a financing partner, obviously too. So yeah. us together, so much strong on paper. Mm. So you know we're fifty fifty partners in our entity and uh, in our holdings companies where we actually own assets and then the split. development. Yeah, development is it's like that too. We don't hide anything from each other. She has access to my accounts, vice versa. She's been a great partner. Gotcha. Wow. That's super dope. I like that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm happy you're on the same page. A lot of people get in the business and they, they don't be on the same page. Yeah, that's a struggle for a lot of married couples. I'm I'm hearing and finding out like you might have one partner that's a little bit more risk adverse and somebody else might be, you know, more willing Lex, to take on yeah. risk. So it's like y'all both attack it. Yeah, we both attack it. Uh, you know, again, I salute her because I know it's not easy. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, easy yeah, being yeah. a mother, wife, having to have that W two job Deal and with then the also building. Yeah. Deal you know. with you. And I'm, I'm gone a lot. You know, yeah, I'm obviously, yeah. I'm gone a lot uh, between my job and then being on sites, construction sites, and then meeting with clients. You know, she's holding it down with the kids, you know, and, you know, shuffling them around and helping them with homework. She really, truly is a throwback woman. So, yeah. salute to her. What, wow. what would you do full-time? I'm sorry? What is your full-time job? Oh, so my full-time job, I've been in sales. So specifically, I work in uh, like electric retail sales. So I know you guys, uh, everyone has electric bills. So uh, I sell commercial electricity across Texas, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Oh, so you travel a lot. Like, Well, you- I don't really travel as, like when I was younger as much. Now I'm probably leaving Texas for that, for that work maybe once or twice a year. Gotcha. Mm. It's not that bad. So you've been at this job for a minute. Yeah, I've been not at the same job, but in the same, same industry, industry since 2002. And that's one of the silver linings of that electric industry, especially in Texas, is recession-proof. Every We need electricity. Texas it. is pro-business, too. Deregulation is always going to be here, at least for the foreseeable future for us. So there's opportunities there. Wow. So what's making you 
not leave the job? Like, what's well, making you stay there? That's a great you. That's a great question. I'm not going to be staying there too much longer. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons. Oh well, I, like, yes, I, I hear not. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be there too much longer. But uh, you know, uh, do you think this year? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I want to get that real estate <laughs> professional designation. You know, yeah. and so when I get that, uh, you know, what like an Airbnb or something like that. No, just, you know, from a tax perspective, uh, you know, I've been talking to Malachi a lot. Yeah. Malachi's been giving me a lot of this IRS game yeah. and tax game. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Blowing I'm so good. Oh, yeah, Malachi. Shout out to him, too. Yeah. Uh, in case y'all don't know, Malachi is one of the top fastest growing brokers in Texas right now. The name mm-hmm. of his company is Clutch City Energy, so he's doing his thing. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it's just working for us right now mm-hmm. with the W-2 income. Uh, and then even for lending too, it's just so much stronger. Talk about it. Talk you know, about we it. have some. Uh, you know, we got some major projects coming up, and then some personal stuff happening too. So we want to get through that phase of lending, and then once we're done there, we'll you know do what. So the plan. Do. So you quitting first? The wife quitting first? Or, uh, it's probably going to be me first, to be honest with you. She. So you can be we've talked field. about it. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about it. it's going to be me first, and she's going to be more. Uh, you know, she's going to do her thing. She nice. she does really well. So yeah, my yeah, wife yeah. does really well yeah. on her W two. I can't compare to what she's doing. So, Ain't nothing wrong with wow. that. Yeah. So you talked about y'all stronger together when it comes to lending and, and things like that. What type of lending are y'all using for these projects? Are y'all in community banks, hard money, private it's money, raising money? So I've uh, I've used community, local banks. Uh, you know, we've used banks like Allegiance, who's now Stellar Bank, uh, Prosperity. Uh, we've gotten relationships lately with Frost too, but mm-hmm. we also have hard money relationships. And I think where the hard money relationships are valuable for us is like I can make a phone call and these guys will like just boom, they'll front it. They'll be like, okay, let's go. Quick closing. You know, because we, you know, we have a relationship and we've always been successful with them. So it's not like going through a lot of paperwork process or, you know, it's just available. But, uh, you know, we have lines of credits available, too. But we kind of want to just, you know, use a full mix of everything while we can, you know, while we're young. Because we got this plan. Eventually, we're going to be able to slow down. What is the plan? What's the plan? So the plan is, you know, build to rent, uh, accumulate rental income. Uh, You know, right now, we have a decent number of doors. But I think ultimately what we want to do, especially before our kids get a little bit older, uh, we want to just continue to just grind it out, grind it out while we're, you know, still younger. Uh, you know, by the time we're both 50, we want to be able to really be just kicking our Chilling. feet up. Yeah, yeah, completely. So, If you don't mind me asking, how, how many doors do you... It's crazy. That's a great question you ask. And a great business mind that you know, uh, she actually mentors my sister, my little sister, and she told me, never answer that question. And I said, why? She was like, you Ain't never want... No, she said, you never want to be precluded from getting into an opportunity. Someone hears, oh, you only got 20 doors or you only got 22 doors. Oh, we ain't going to involve him in this opportunity. So she said, never say how many doors you have. Mm. Who, who is the mentor? Uh, you know her. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it offline. <laughs> we'll talk about it offline. But you so, know who her mentor is. Well, well, tell me this. Tell me this. How many doors do you want to have I think it's not a number of how many doors I want to have. I think there's a number that I think we want to get to that we'll feel comfortable with. And right now, today, based on today's economy, uh, you know, if we can get to like 50, 50 K a month, uh, 
you know, I think that's a good number for, yeah. you know, the lifestyle we have and for, you know, our kids and all that, then that's going to be a good time. And that can come like in, in a number of deals, uh, you know, partnership has been a big thing too here lately. We've mm. heard it a lot and we're doing a lot more so of it. So break that down. How are you doing your partnerships? How you So uh, it just depends. Like, so like one of my guys, Cipriano, uh, so he's been in, he's, he's like, basically kind of like the guy that uh, he's done a bunch of different construction projects across mm-hmm. Texas and Florida. So I partnered with him. Uh, he obviously he speaks Spanish. He's able to kind of do a lot of the delegation in the field if I'm not there. Uh, but we go 50 50 on the deals we do together, whether okay. we're selling or keeping. And then uh, also from a larger perspective, like with my friends and whatnot, uh, I went in with some friends. We bought a bunch of land. Uh, we're going to be, you know, kind of liquidating some of the people's positions because they want to exit. Uh, but we're just taking on more partnerships and looking at uh, other opportunities, too. I got a solid homeboy out in Florida who he is really killing it right now. And um, he lives in the suburbs of Orlando and we're looking at doing some stuff out there and they're in between Georgia. So we're mm-hmm. always kind of keeping our eye open in markets like, you know, Texas. Florida, Georgia, those, you know, type of markets where it's real estate friendly and landlord friendly. That's important nowadays. Yeah, landlord friendly. So break this down because I know that you've done a number of different deals. Mm -hmm. What is, for somebody that's new that's looking to get into the development space, can you break down what does that process look like from start to finish, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the big picture version, but start to finish when you get a project. Yes. What are you doing? You you find so you found a lot. You found a lot. You find a lot. What you are do you doing? Do your due diligence on that lot. You just want to make sure that what you have in your mind can come to life on that lot. I'll give you a quick example. In Houston, remember mm-hmm. we used to have those three foot lateral setbacks. Yeah. Now they went to five foot. So that changes a lot of things now, yeah. especially with how we replatted and built. But uh, you just want to be very diligent in doing your due diligence to make sure you can bring your project to life. You have to take into consideration what what is your exit? Are you going to keep it or sell it? Mm. Because for so example, so you need to know that on the front end. Yeah, you need to know that. You need to know that, especially in a city like Houston where we have like flood zones. There's a there's a website that's very transparent for anybody to get on and actually check an address specifically to see if it's in the flood zone. And the reason that matters, you guys know, because so of the flood FEMA, insurance. Right? FEMA, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Harris FEMA. County FEMA, FEMA map tool. FEMA, whatever, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. put an address in there. It'll tell you. In the, if it's in the flood zone, because that flood zone, the flood insurance make impacts the cash flow. Yeah. Especially nowadays. Uh, so, you buying flood zones say, or you wouldn't? Me personally, I don't buy in flood zones, but the, one of the very first uh, rental properties I did buy, a single family house uh, in South Park, it wasn't a flood zone. Mm. Hardly happened and it didn't flood. Mm. And so I was like, wait a minute, how do I blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so I went finesse, to the bank man. and I went to the lender. They were like, nah, that's not us. That's FEMA. There's a process you can go through. Uh, it's called, a, uh, I think, a letter of MAP amendment, L-O-M-A, mm. that you can go through. Especially, y'all, if y'all experienced uh, Harvey and you own the property and it didn't flood, you should literally think about doing that uh, letter of MAP amendment. Because what it does, it reduces the requirement to have flood insurance. Or, you know, once it changes to an X zone, uh, you the flood insurance becomes cheaper. So wow. it's, it's a game. A game. You got a game right there. Yep. So, so we, yeah, we own a big piece of property mm-hmm. over by the airport, the airport and it's in a flood zone. Mm-hmm. Technically, in a, 
in, in a kind of oh, up on the north side, yeah. But it's never flooded. Is a house? Is the structure it, there? It's, 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 it's two houses there. It's, it's on yeah. living over should, half You should acre. go through that process. Letter yeah. of map amendment and see what happens. It takes. Did it cost money? No, it's no money. It's Whoa. not any money. It's free. You just uh, damn. It's a little tedious. <laughs> you just can get this information from the HCAD uh, website on your specific specific lot and mm-hmm. submit this information. It'll take like two, three months before they respond. But I mean, if you didn't have a flood event happen during Harvey, and you know, Why in you our case, as high as insurance, they yeah. let us. Yeah, they let us. So, from an architect perspective, are you reaching out to your architect to help you do your due diligence on a lot, or are you doing it yourself? Uh, no. Sometimes you can talk to an architect, and then also you can engage plumbers too, because mm-hmm. plumbers will be able to tell you, you know, one thing you want to make sure that you can tap into a sewer line or a water line, because yeah. if you can't, it gets very expensive. So that's why sometimes you'll see cheap lots. It's because there's no sewer or water connection there. So obviously, the seller may not tell you that, and once it's over. It's over. Then you find out the cost to tap, or uh, you know, or make that line is like 80, 90 grand. So you know that takes it. Yeah, exactly. That take your deal to the trash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and in the city, they may reimburse you like seventy percent of that over time, but you still don't want to go into yeah. that deal like that. So, so first thing, do you find your lot? Do you do diligence? Yeah. What are some other things that people need to look out for? So we heard water, mm-hmm. sewer, electricity. Le- yeah, electric is pretty easy because, you know, for most of us, we just got to look Looking up in the sky. sky and you'll see where the center point energy transmission or mm-hmm. distribution line goes. So you'll be able to see. But the important thing, too, I'm learning this lately. This year, center point is overwhelmed. So one of the first things you want to do, too, is get with the service consultant in the area mm-hmm. and schedule that meeting with them and bring them out to the site. You're going to fill out this form. I think it's called an electric service request form. Mm-hmm. You want to do that because right now they're overwhelmed and they're swamped. So uh, it's taking them in some cases up to four months to come out and bring that forward. So if you you can be done with the construction project, Damn. but you don't have electricity, <laughs> and so you're still paying construction loan interest. Uh, yeah. So uh, you don't want that to happen. Boy, man, I got a question, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it seems like in Houston right now, you know, the interest rates high, city backed up, utilities backed up. Why are you continuously to choose to do new construction rather than doing a rehab? Well, new construction for me, it's just more linear. Rehabs, uh, and salute to anybody that's doing rehabs. I've done two of them. Uh, you know, they were grinds. But, uh, you know, with a new construction project, it's really linear. And if it's something you plan to keep, uh, you know, it's just going to be less of a headache. Uh, one thing I noticed personally, like in the properties that I had that were built in the 50s or 60s, you know, maintenance issues always are coming up, regardless of how rehabbed or nice it looks. Mm-hmm. It's still a, you know, a 70, 80-year-old building. Yeah. So versus with the new construction stuff, uh, it's cake. I'm not having these issues. And then I have, like, warranties from all the trades for, like, a year. So, you know, even if something was to go wrong, it's new not. New plumbing, new electrical, uh, new and, AC. And then, you know, look what city we're in. We're in Houston. Houston is the place to be right now if you're a real estate investor in the U.S. Mm. I mean, Look at all the data. I was reading some the other day that Houston is going to be the second most populated city and the largest city in America by, I think, like 2070, which it sounds like far away, yeah. but it's really not. It's not because you're taking advantage of all of that swell. And if you, if you buy now, jumping in yeah, the pockets, you buy now, the and, if, be if, and if we really believe in this thing called generational wealth, I mean, I'm okay with setting it up for my son and, mm. you know, daughter and who's yeah. coming behind me. I'm okay with it. 
you know. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So when you're selling these uh, duplexes, what's what's your average profit on those? Uh, so it it varies. Uh, profit yeah. margin, you know, everybody talks in gross numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. So I like the net. I like yeah. the net. <laughs> Let's get down to the net, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, the profit, the gross profits will probably be around like 35%. But then when you net it out at the end, after all realtor fees, so settlement 20, costs, 25. That, you'll probably be around like 24, okay. you know, you're mm. 25. But, uh, you know, now we're just doing more of the build to rent. So mm. with the bonus depreciation thing too, it's lovely. I mean, yeah, because you can discount all that off your yeah, taxes. So you basically yeah. not paying no taxes. Yeah, not paying any taxes. And then you even get on your to, W-2? The W-2, I think you get to discount like 25% of uh I think 25% of the budget cost of the construction against your W-2 income. So if something costs you a hundred grand, yeah. you can discount like twenty five thousand to my to my uh so you just ain't paying no taxes. Yeah. Uh, you, sh- you should be paying bare minimum. Very minimum. Uh, yeah. Bare minimum. But remember, you know, part of the reason I'm also transitioning to build to rent, I was selling a lot of duplexes in 2019. Yeah, so you made a lot of 2020, money. 2020, I was paying a lot of taxes. Yeah. A whole lot of taxes. The IRS ain't a game. <laughs> Not a game at <laughs> all. So you've been talking to Malachi. So mm-hmm. what gems you got from him when it comes to... Because he's big on doing new construction. Yeah, he's Come big on, on new construction uh, in opportunity zones. You know, Malachi is very focused and intentional on building in opportunity zones. He's big on he like business zero credit. out of pocket, too. Yeah, business, zero out of big pocket. business credit, lines yep. of credit. And he uses lines of credit. He utilizes uh, his credit cards he has well. <laughs> so Malachi is really solid when it comes to just knowledge around taxation. Yeah. So, he, you know, you know where he works. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. So, so how... You know, how talking to Malika, how did it change the way you buying these deals? So are you putting the 20% down, the 10% down, money out of pocket? Where are you getting that down well, payment money from? It just depends. Sometimes we'll use credit cards. Sometimes we'll have no money down because a lender may just front us and say, hey, just go, you know, yeah. you know just go do what you need to do. Mm. And uh, it just depends on the situation. It depends all on the lot Are you cost, trying to go into the, the deals with no money out of pocket every Not time? Not necessarily all the time. Sometimes it's a good thing to go no money out of pocket, but, you know, I like equity too so yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. have as much equity at the back end as possible mm. because you know our developments take us about you know from start to finish it'll be under a year in mm. most cases so you know we're okay with the delayed gratification yeah, in a lot yeah, of cases yeah, yeah. so that's cool with and it. see that's the cool thing about building with your wife yeah because she understands the mission she mm. does she really does so she looking at it like yo I know we gonna be cake yeah mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. absolutely Delayed gratification. That's what it is. She understands that, you know, she sacrificed a lot. Because you, I mean, with the six projects you build, and I'm pretty sure that's probably what, Couple million in development right there alone. Uh, six projects, yeah, easily gonna yeah, be over that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They at least two hundred a piece. Yeah, no, in raw cost. Yeah, raw cost. And then, and then you looking at what you think the appreciation once built. What you think the overall value? So with the joint. product we build, we build duplexes right around the five hundred thousand to six hundred thousand value range. Gotcha. You know, we're not remember we're not selling them right now. So you fifty percent, fifty to sixty percent. Yeah. So if we build it, as, you know, as reasonably as possible, we have a great equity position at the end. So what we Ooh. do is we close, we take that money, we go buy land because ultimately in Houston and not just Houston, the landowners are going to win. If you own land, we're going to see a lot of appreciation happen in Houston. I talked to my lender friends. They're starting to see 40-year terms in their matrices. 
So you just put together a 40-year mortgage and possible lowered interest rates. What do y'all think real estate values are going to do, especially in Houston? Oh, yeah. It's going to go crazy. It's going to go crazy. I like that. So you're making about 25% net on the flips. That's on the sales. That's yeah. on the flips. But uh, what is the cash build- flow looking like for the for the, for the the tenants per side? So it just varies. We do a mix of traditional long-term rent. Okay. We do the corporate rental. And we also do like, you know, short-term rental, Airbnb, mm. VRBO, direct rentals, right. direct bookings. We're doing a lot of so you that. you do a mixture. Yeah, we do. A, you got to do a mixture right now. That's, you know. That's where the cash flow is. Yeah, that's where the cash flow is, honestly. It's there. Uh, and then it just gives you the flexibility, you know, uh, to be able to, you know, you might have a side of a duplex that's been a hot Airbnb for two months. And now it may have slowed down a little bit. Now you transition it to a, a traditional. How you feel about Airbnb right now? Uh well, short term rental. How's it been working for you? It's been it's been good for us. I'll be honest. Okay. It's been good for us. I think one thing people have to keep in mind is that uh it's a hospitality business, it's a customer service business. So we lead with world class customer service and our short term rentals that we operate. Mm. Uh, you know, we only have six that are short term rentals that we use as short term rentals, but you gotta lead with customer service. You have to make the experience, you know, one that's uh, unforgettable. Yeah. And in our case, what distinguishes us, we have duplexes, right? So yeah. what makes us different mm. than like a hotel or something like that is we have that outdoor private space. You have your mm. private backyard, so you have to accentuate that yeah. to, you know, really so, draw people in. So tell me this. Are you setting it up one duplex? So you have a duplex, one side traditional, one side yeah, one side will typically I like to have one side of traditional somebody that's gonna be eyes on the property too. Yeah. You gotta have that because it's a lot of scams in Houston right now with Airbnb short term. What kind of scams? Oh, Bring it oh, down. What goodness. kind of scams? Oh yeah. my goodness. What's... I got a call from one of my friends who has like uh, you know, nice property in the Galleria area. And there are groups that go in and they'll book a bunch of Airbnbs. It's the same group will book a bunch of Airbnbs for a weekend. They always target uh, the Airbnbs with a garage, right? They'll come with a I white Take everything van, out of there. Pull in there. Take everything you know, out. No one sees when the garage goes. Take all the stuff out. You know, they'll book it for the whole weekend, but just come that Friday night, take everything and gone. And they'll hit like three, four houses at one time. And they're out so, of there. Whoa. So that's a big thing. So I like to have eyes, you know, on But with side. that, Airbnb pretty good at paying out too. Yeah, they are very good at paying out, you know. <laughs> so when that happens, they'll pay you out. Yeah, they'll pay yeah. you out. Uh, but the catch, the, is, the catch is, the catch is like with your personal insurance, like with your insurance on the property, if you don't have things documented on the inside, they're not going to cover it. Like, you know, it's like so just you got to have it documented. Yeah, you got to have it documented what's inside. You know, like the adjuster will actually come and come inside and like make sure that he sees, okay, it's this brand TV, blah, 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 because... You know, that was bad for this guy. I mean, it really, you know, <laughs> kind of had him shut down for a little bit. But, uh, you know, bet. that's part of the game in Houston. You know, there's a lot of opportunists in Houston. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we got to watch <laughs> out for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, if you haven't already, you definitely need to break, <laughs> subscribe, hit the like button. You know what I mean? Facts, facts. Because, man, uh, Gilbert is going crazy right <laughs> yeah, now absolutely. with the chills. Absolutely. So, so, so real quick, real quick. So back to that start to finish, because I want to make sure, you know, that folks are able to really pick up, you know. How, okay, so number one, you're buying the land. Yeah, I buy so the you're, land. So you're not partnering with the sellers on the land. No. 
not not in these cases. I'm not partnering with sellers. Uh, we tried to run that a little bit, and it was just you know kind of back and forth, especially if the land is owned by more than one party. Yeah, that gets a little tricky. Yeah, it gets a little tricky. In, so know. I I just recently did one just like that. Oh, how'd that go? Okay, so what I did was I got one person to be on the LLC. The other nice, family nice. members are beneficiaries. Oh, that's live. Okay, yeah. okay. So it was a goal with the lending. They didn't trip the lender. No, 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 because they they are they they are minority partner. Okay, yeah, that's less good. than less than uh less than twenty uh, percent. So they had the land and you had the yes. you you bring the I'm doing construction. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's what's exactly. up. Are y'all yeah. gonna keep it or what's yeah. the plan? Plan to keep it. Okay, plan that's what's up. It. That's what's yeah. up, man. There's a lot of that's the thing too in Houston. There's so many undeveloped lots and not even just undeveloped lots. There's so many vacant lots. I think I heard Mayor Turner talking. I think they have a plan to, I think, tear down a bunch of like distressed vacant properties across Houston. That are just More lots available. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because we actually got a podcast with Crystal. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, okay. this, this okay. Saturday. That's what's up. And we're going to be talking about, because, you know, she's with the land bank. So we're going to yep. be talking about specifically how we can get some inroads in that too. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot of opportunity in Houston. Uh, I mean, and then when you work with good people like Byron and O, I mean, good things happen. I think that's the big thing in business is the people. Yeah. yeah you yeah. got to have soft skills. You Keeping have your to, face clean. Uh, yeah, exactly. Doing good business. Houston is small. Let me tell you how small Houston is. You know, it's a lot of people that go around and act like they, you know. Yeah. But, People talk and yeah. people find out the people that are, you know, scamming or running games on people, the builders that are shaking people down. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there was this one just recently uh, where it was a $190,000 hit. You know, family gave these builders 190 grand. To, up front? Uh, I don't know if it was all up front, but that was the total they'd given to them. And, you know, <laughs> they of that 190 grand, that builder did probably about 60 a, a bad work at that. And, wow. And it was gone in the wind. So that's 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 happening right now in Houston. Yeah, but that uh, hurt, bro. You know, boy, can you imagine, boy? Yeah. That's why I'm a firm believer, he man. Is no hurt. It was only 15K laws. Just yeah. imagine. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer. No pay before the work. Bro. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't yeah. do that. No, <laughs> no pay no. before the work. Yeah, yeah. that's important nah. because, I mean, <laughs> It's a lot of stuff that's going on in Houston. Like, you see all the wins and stories on Instagram, and it's, uh, it's a lot you don't see yeah. that's going on. It's a lot of L's. It's a lot of so, L's. So back to that, back to that. So let's say, for instance, right, just because I'm really trying to help somebody who is trying looking to, to get into the space, yeah. and they don't want to take the losses that you may have taken or even some of the losses I've taken. Mm -hmm. Skip the line. How you skip the line. Yeah, yeah. skip the line. So let's say, for instance, I find a lot. I want to build on this lot. I take this to the city. Am, am I going to take, you said, I'm going to take it to my architect. I'm going to take it to my plumber because the plumber going to let me know about yeah, the lines. Yeah, the plumber will let you, he'll be able to see that the sewer and water lines are there. I'm going to also get with Centerpoint because Centerpoint may take be me behind three months. Three, yeah, three, four months. Yeah. So I, now I'm thinking to myself right now, yo, I need to be hollering at Centerpoint yeah. now. ASAP. Exactly. Yeah, 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 I need to ASAP. get them on the horn. ASAP. So, 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 and then another piece is you need to check these deed restrictions because... You absolutely have to check the deed restrictions. You must check Think the you about to have a great deal, but yeah. you really got no deal. Deal in mm -hmm. the trash can before you even know it. Yeah, you think exactly. you're going to build a, a quadplex and you can't even build a one-plex. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in the neighborhood, they're just watching you build it. They're yeah, like, they're okay. like, oh, okay, oh, okay. 
And then <laughs> they drop it on you. Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. Oh, hey, man. God. Humpty Dumpty fell off <laughs> the wall. Yeah. So, 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 real, real quick. All right. So, you take it to the... What, what other things are you looking out for, you know what I mean, from the city before you building on this piece of property? So, before you build on a piece of property, you just want to make sure that uh, you know, that the specific site that you're building on that street in that area is viable for your project. Because like, let's say in your case, you want to do a build to rent. Mm-hmm. You want to know, you know, what the real rents are in that area. And then from the city's perspective, you just want to, you know, kind of stay on top of them. Uh, you can hire a runner mm-hmm. uh, or you can do a lot of the phone calling yourself just yeah. to check on the different groups and make sure, uh, you know, you help them get your project through approvals. Because if they, if you're not calling them. Yeah, if you're not calling them, they're not calling they you. They just kind of, you know, sit back. But there's there's ways you can kind of push them forward because like each group may have like 20 some odd days to respond to a certain submission, add all those 20 some days. That's, that's like, time. that's a long time. So, yeah. you know, in our business, you know, time is you, money. you don't want that interest exposure. You want to condense it as much as possible. Uh, but you definitely want to stay on the city. You want to talk to the neighbors in the area, too. They can give you a lot of game yeah. that you may not know. Like, right. you know, such and such always going on right there. It's a lot of always flooding. Yeah. Uh, something, you know, was going on. And then it's good to engage neighbors, too, because your neighbors can be the biggest advocates. You know, uh, let's say at the beginning of a development project, you need water to get through those first plumbing permits, but you don't have water. So a lot of times we'll mm. say, hey, Mr. Neighbor, we got your first, your next two months of water bills if you just mm. give us access to your water. Wow. And that goes a long way. You develop rapport with them. Next thing you know, they're telling you about somebody down the street that's selling a lot. Right. So and they're watching your project. Yeah, and they're exactly. watching your project. Yeah, they're they going to tell it. They're going to call yeah. you. They and do. they got a lot <laughs> of people stealing wood on projects, too. Oh, oh, yeah, that's big. When it comes to number <laughs> theft, I always tell people, man, order your, it's, it's you never need. a perfect science. Yeah. Order what you need and make sure your labor is there to put it up. And, yeah. and the lead man, you better tell him, man to man, face to face, hey, this is your responsibility. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Shit go missing, it's come out your pocket. If your guys take stuff or remove stuff from the site, it's so. It's so let's talk go about that. Because it you, happens. That's big, yeah. bro. Have you have you have you ever had your contractor put the money up for the for the, for the wood? Mm, I've never had the contractor put all the money up. Like we may go 50-50 on it. But mm-hmm. with certain things, like let's say if there's a certain quantity and a certain, this can get done today. If y'all don't finish this today, you take this back in your van with mm-hmm. you because if it comes up missing, it's going to be on you. Your responsibility. So I had a bad case happen one time in Sunnyside on the 5,000 Mallow block. Uh, I was building four duplexes at once. It was a Sunday. Uh, one of the neighbors called me frantically. Man, Gil, where your doors at? Somebody had taken all the exterior doors, front door, back door, on all four duplexes, and they took them. And I was just like, man, what's going on? Like, (laughs) you know, and you never know sometimes if it's, like, inside job or kind of Most times you be thinking it's inside, though. I'd probably be a neighbor, bro. Yep. Yep, sometimes. Exactly. Contact the homies. It'll be a neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, It'll be a neighbor. Uh, But I think one of the greatest things about the trades 
If you treat them well and treat them right and the communication is open, the dialogue is there. You look good. Yeah, you good. It's they soft look, skills. You, loyal, yeah. you make them think that, hey, this is your project too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got you to. And pay them on time. Don't play with the money. Yeah, don't play with the money. Don't play with the money. you got to sell a dream. You got to yeah. sell a dream of hey, future deals. Hey, we got deals. 10 projects, mm-hmm. bro. I'm waiting on you to finish this one. Yeah, yeah. You definitely there. Holiday on Friday, I got you. They're definitely incentivized by, you know, getting more work. But, you know, that's something I learn you got to treat these dudes with compassion be yeah. real with them there's some crazy stuff going on man. I'm, about to say, I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about crazy like uh it's so crazy certain blocks in the same neighborhood are so different yeah, yeah. like you can have one block where it's dudes that run that block so they are <laughs> they are like robbing construction crews in broad daylight and not Whoa. even running away they just walk to the other side of the street and you know what the other contractors Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so, real, bro. Oh yeah, it gets real. But uh, and Whoa, so damn. sometimes conversations have to be had. Like you know, how can we work together? This from happening. Yeah. Wow. You know? So it's a lot. Uh, you know, every it's so crazy because literally block to block can be very different in very construction. Different. Like That's I build crazy. in Sunnyside. This is a crazy thing. I'll tell y'all this. Like on one what side of that? On the west side of Cullen. Mm-hmm. So on seven seven zero five one zip code. When we do the AC machines, you got to put the cages on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to. But it's so crazy. On the other side, you good. on 77033, you good. It's cake. You don't have to do that. And, I mean, it's just what it is. You know? Do you put cages on all your ACs? No, I don't. You never had an AC stolen before? Oh, I've had AC stolen. <laughs> but, you know, that's how we learn. You know, it's so different how one block or one side of the Make neighborhood the is a little bit different than the other side of the neighborhood. Yeah, it makes bro. a huge difference. Houston so, is crazy, dog. Yeah, nah, Houston it is. is crazy. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to know your market. How you many AC to. units you had still if you had to say bro, one house? Three? Bro, one house I got hit for like three times. <laughs> back yeah, to back. yeah, they oh, were just watching. Yep, yeah. yep. Horrible. Yep. Same dude. Oh, and yeah, it's always the same dude. And the laws caught him in the act, and then they let him go. They let him go? Bro, they, they took him down the street and let him out walk, get out the car. Oh, man. There wasn't enough money to justify yeah, the, 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 the well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That bet would have been enough. Yeah, we had a dude <laughs> hit us like three times on Bowen Street in Sunnyside ah. two years ago. So typically it's the same cats that do it. But, I mean, it's, you know, you just got to, like, to your point, know your market. And so... Mm-hmm. We learned a lot of lessons. Now we know, you know, primarily we're staying in Sunnyside and South Park. I mean, the proximity horrible, to, uh, yeah. you know, to NRG, to the medical center, to downtown. A lot of it is non-flood zone. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see in the next three, four years, a lot of these properties go up like 3X in the next, like, probably five, six, seven years. 3X. Up to possibly. I could see it happening though. Yeah. Just think about it. In the last three years, we started selling our duplexes. The price point was 250. Now it's 500. Now some of them are 600. That's so, three years. You know, it's, it's you know, it's just, Crazy. it's just the inflation. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of different things at play. And, uh, you know, with that said though, too, we have some affordable projects that we're mm. going to be participating in. Uh, hopefully with starting soon. Uh, with MRA, I believe. Um, so it hasn't really been yeah, announced. Yeah, yeah, announced yeah, yeah, yet, yeah, 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 But yeah. you know, uh, that's a, one of our missions too, because affordability is a is a critical issue right now in our city, not just our city, yeah, but across everywhere. the country. Yeah, uh, rent know. getting too high. Mm-hmm. Rent definitely. Interest rates high. 
interest Buying rates are high, hard. rent is high. Uh, it's just not the same as you know the baby boomers. They you know they were earning thirty thousand a year. They rent could buy a house for thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like that not anymore. Yeah, not in Houston. Now we got to team up. You know that's a big thing. House hacking and house hacking just isn't living in a duplex. House hacking can living just in be a room. Yeah, it can be two families in one yeah. house. Two families in one house. Yeah, or three, four generations in one house. That's yeah. my reality. So I live with, I live with my wife, our two kids, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law, and every now and then even my sister and my brother-in-law. So wow. imagine all those incomes in one house and not having all these multiple bills and rents and Whoa. AC bills. So what? Hey, that's, how's you for, that's how it's set up for you right now. That's how it's set up right now. Damn. Right now. That's not bad. Yeah, ain't bad. But it's, I mean, it's it's a thing about it. take a village, yeah. though. Because we, we talked about it. But then you got to look at the benefits, too. First of all, you're African, so you get you get a yeah. pass. <laughs> 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 you know, a regular black folk, we may yeah. struggle with that a little bit. Just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, that's just culturally, we just, we, we yeah. messed up in that in that. In that it's sense. crazy. You know, my wife is from here. Yeah. So but she, she, but you, know. you say she'll throw back, though. Yeah. So back yeah. in the day, back in the day, yeah. we, we was able to do that. She yeah. not with the soft life. Yeah, yeah. That, that would work in the soft life generation, yeah. boy. That's a problem. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that's a soft life. I mean, that's TV. That's TV and Instagram, man. That's not reality for most people. I well, mean, you it's know, it's, it's, it's not, you talking generational wealth, it's not even smart. No, man. it's not. That shit's smart. That shit's smart. Because think about it. Think about it. You got all that income coming all in. All the expenses is low. Bring kids into it now. You got a village. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got Absolutely. support. You got support. Yeah. So your wife Free is able. Yeah, her wife is now. Now it makes sense because at first I'm thinking she's superwoman. Yeah, but now I'm thinking now nah, she got support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 she went from okay because she can still keep her nine to five. Oh yeah, Absolutely. got somebody to put eyes on the babies. Watch yep. the kids. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she able to help you with your business. Absolutely. And then y'all just about the kids on her y'all business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me get it right. Let's tell everybody. Because he ain't got to no stress about life, his wife. No soft life. about the kids. The kids mm-hmm. taking care of. Wife chilling at work. And then if y'all want to just take a little vacation and go somewhere. We can do can. that. We can do that. And, uh, you know, shout out to my mother-in-law, too. She picks our kids up from school every oh, single day. God. So you see some of the bills. <laughs> what are we talking about? Chilling. Kids, you know? What are we talking so, about? Yeah. So it's less stress for you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes sacrifice, though, yeah. too. Because, you know, a lot of people living in one house, sometimes yeah, it can, it can be, be a little, little overwhelming. But yeah. at the end of the day, we kick our feet up and we yeah. enjoy each other. For the yeah. most part, so that happens. And if you got a big enough house, you can you can yeah. make it work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So look, man, what kind of advice you got for the new builders coming up? Uh, Buying it myself, and then the people watching, the people I would listening. Say, man, y'all just uh, you know stay close to experienced builders who will help you for free, man. Like mm-hmm. literally give you advice, uh, you know, support you in any way, like with trades or anything that may come up, and uh, just always just keep your eye forward, move things forward. Don't be uh, you know, don't be down if you run into a delay or rough path. It's going to happen. It can be stressful. It can be stressful, but the delayed gratification at the end of the day, you will be a winner. You own land. You own land. Y'all are winners already. Man, y'all are winners. That. You know, and y'all are going to win big too. The longer you hold on to it, you know, that's that's part of the message I wanted to convey too. That you guys do a good job of conveying too is that we can't just keep selling everything we have because Mm-mm. you know, don't get me wrong, it's a great great way to raise capital, but when you talk about long-term wealth, it's about ownership. Yeah. It's about holding. It's the tax benefits. It's the benefits that you pass to your kids. It's the benefits that you'll enjoy. You know, I'm not going to be, you know, busting my ass at 50. Uh, exactly. Like, 
you know, like many people may be, we'll, you know, the stuff we, me and my wife did in our 30s and 40s will allow us yeah. to, you know, be a little bit more chill in our 50s. So uh, it's just that and just being, you know, being able to protect our family because that's so big. Just going back and reflecting on, you know, what we've all been through growing up and that's a big part of it. So you plan on having in the seven figure, you want to, when, when you get to that 50 point, you want to be in the seven figure range in ownership or 10 figure range? Oh, you mean ownership? the network? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I mean, we're already seven figure right now, my wife and I, uh, but I think, the goal is just to a cash flow. Yeah. A 50 K, you know, to support your lifestyle and whatever you have mm-hmm. going on. So that's the big part about it. Just to, you know, be able to accelerate it. And then also it's important because I'm learning lessons from older people that have been successful, like bringing your kids along and really showing them, you know, the real what business. you've done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's because it can ownership. take one generation to just undo everything. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, God help us. We don't want that to happen. So we want to bring our kids along. So they're right watching way. the process. Yeah, they're watching. I bring my son a lot of times on site and I try to show him what work ethic looks like. You know, these kids nowadays, he's always <laughs> they asking want me soft for money life. on. Yeah, they you do. got dudes want soft life. Yeah. And these kids want soft life. These kids, oh dad, give me thirty dollars every other day on the PlayStation. I'm they won't like, play the game all day. If yeah. you want thirty dollars, let's go. Let's go work for that He sees how hard it is. I only pay him ten dollars an hour. I don't mm. pay him any more than that. Yeah. And he gets to experience it. Man. How old is he? Uh, my son is eleven. Oh, $10 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's good, but I make him work for it. Yeah. Like, you're going to sweat. <laughs> you're going to see, like, look, damn, this this, this is real. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this ain't easy, bro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nah. So you're looking at, you want to be at the, what, the eight-figure range? Is that the comfortable zone? Yeah, or? I think at the end of the day, we would love for our network to be into the eight-figure range. We have a long way to go before we get there, but we're going to get there. You know, mm-hmm. we're confident in, uh, you know, the moves we're making right now and just uh, the partnerships we have, the alliances we're making. Uh, you know, Houston is a great city. I think the no-stingy energy thing, you know, you trademarked it. It's real. I mean, Houston is a great city because people work together here. Yeah. We share information. We help each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, we kind of see each other's work and what we're doing, and, you know, we grow yeah, that. so it's a great. Got a black culture here for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I, that's a great point you made too, because I think you hear a lot discussed like what may be happening on a national level, but I would love to see the data specific to Houston. Yeah, it gotta be shown. A lot of uh, you know black ownership when it comes. Yeah, to, even look at Sunnyside. You know, yeah, Pearland right here, bro. You look mm-hmm. any of these businesses, bro. Yep. A lot of these are black owned businesses. Yeah, we're in Al's building right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, that's just one of the great things about Houston. We just really want to, uh, you know, continue to live here and make this cemented as our home and just grow from here. I love it, man. I love it. So if anybody interested in uh, doing the partnerships, collaborations with you, how, how are they going to do that? Well, just get in contact with us. I mean, because uh, one of the things I learned from an experienced builder is like you can't really call yourself a builder or a developer if you don't have an inventory or land. That's what makes everybody different. Mm-hmm. Some dudes are able to sell for like, 10, 15% less than everybody because they sitting on land. They've been owning five, six years. So they are just really killing it. So uh, as far as the partnerships and collaborations, they can contact me. Uh, You know, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Profit, O-N-Y-E, Profit Anye. uh, And, you know, we'll love to, you know, help people. We do that every day. Uh, Again, we mentioned everybody that's ever done work with us. They walked away. To money. Profitable. Yeah. You know, that's what, you know, we want to leave people. We want to leave people better than we found them. You know what I'm Mm. saying? That's big to us. 
because it goes with their reputation. And then when people are talking of or speaking of you, they can't say that. Holly, Holly. You made money with me. You You can't say nothing bad. So so, so tell me this real, real quick before we head out. Um, Building science. Are you big on building science? Is this something you even worried about from a building perspective? From building science? Yeah. Signage? No, science. Science. Oh, science. Yeah, like So, you know, stuff is definitely evolving. Like, the energy efficiency thing is real. I think with solar, too, we're Mm going to have to see more of that. You see what's going on in Texas. We have these 100-degree, 101-degree days. The weather change is real. So we're going to have to see a transition to more uh, carbon-neutral forms of making and generating electricity. Mm -hmm. So to go hand-in-hand with building science, you're going to see, you know, new... technology come to play, uh, especially like when it comes to roofing and sheathing, you know, how we have more energy efficient homes. I I believe in spending money too in that area because Mm -hmm. it relates directly to your water bill, your light bill, things Mm -hmm. like that. So it's going to be a big deal across the country. I mean, uh, even on a federal level, uh, there are some tax incentives you can get the more energy efficiently you build a home. I know the stuff that I'm building. I'm, I'm, I have researched that specifically, so the people who who do happen to buy some of the ones that I may sell, they're gonna be some lucky campus because they're oh, gonna absolutely. have some very energy efficient buildings. And that's um, huge. That's huge. Know. That that helps uh, you know, that that not only helps the environment, but just their experience as a homeowner. Absolutely. You know, they're able to, you know, be in a space where they're not paying like six hundred dollar electric bills. You know, a lot of this right now. Oh, it's crazy mm-hmm. right now. You know, electricity uh, is kind of like at all-time all high heat. price right that now. Heat. With that the AC heat. blowing. Yeah. Oh, the Mexican go is 80. Ah, bruh. <laughs> yeah, uh. it's, it's hard right now. But, uh, yeah, you bring up great points so, about the energy efficiency. So what's next, man? What's next for you, man? Uh, so what's next for us? You know, we, we're we known primarily for building the duplexes, but I'm like, you know, it's time to step it up a little bit and we're going to try to get into the five-plus world building, like, you know, trying to submit eight-unit uh, projects at first, uh, maybe larger, uh, you know, obviously partnering with other people, too, that are like-minded. I got some good friends and people I know that are always, you know, on the cusp of wanting to get into a project together. And I think that's a big thing, too, that I learned when it comes to real estate investing is, man, you got to partner with like-minded people and investors. Uh, when it comes to realtors, appraisers, whatever kind yeah. of background you have, one thing in my experience, I've seen the best ones always are real estate investors. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, I don't think that's the best realtors yeah, yeah. are agents, always real estate investors. The real best estate builders, investors first. The best builders are real, real estate, estate investors. investors. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just goes hand in well, hand. Well, at the end of the day, they know outside of theory. Most mm-hmm. of the, see, and that's that's another thing on, on you know, no stingy energy on our clubhouse rooms. We real big on, if you're going to speak, we need you to be speaking from experience. Experience, experience. facts. Yeah, not theory. Yeah, yeah, not theory. Because everything work in theory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can build. I read a book in. Uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can build a city or infomercials yeah. Or infomercials right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, you see a lot right now with just infomercials and people telling you what I mean, you like, can do. Yeah. Look, everybody was a hero from yeah. 2016 to 2020 when the market was running and friendly mm-hmm. to everybody. But those transactions that dried up. Yeah. That transactions I want to know how up. many you done. And exactly. then show me how to do what you did. Exactly. Not what you can theoretically tell me. Anybody can do that, man. Right. I'd be right. like, shut up, man. That's, right. <laughs> That's big facts. Respectfully. Yep. Respectfully. That's big facts. Yep. Man, I appreciate you for stopping by, man. man no, Listen, thank y'all for having me. It's, absolutely. It's solid. Hey, look, nah, no doubt. Man. 
So what's your Instagram handle for anybody who wants to get one more time? At Prophet P R O F I T O N Y E Prophet Anye. So you can come find me there. You know, we shoot your DM. Yeah, shoot me a DM. You answer your DMs. Yeah, I do. I really do. I honestly do. I do. I'm getting better. Pray for me. So yeah, man, that was another good one, man. We'll catch you on the next one. Absolutely, Appreciate man. Y'all. And with yes, that sir. being said, man, let's make sure you rate, comment, subscribe, share the information. Don't have yes, to indeed. you, man. Facts, facts. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace. All right. That was good, man. Hey, y'all man. experts at this, man. Y'all like some producers. <laughs> and y'all, I was just rolling with y'all.